Only posers don't listen. That, I tried to sing it. That it did not work out. I'm sorry, everyone, because I cannot sing. Uh, what is it? Hi, guys. This is me, Matthew. Uh, I'm the host of Only Posers Don't Listen podcast. With me, as always, is my co-host, Sarah, Hello. our historian and overall person running the podcast. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Like I said, once again, you could be more modest. Um, what is it? <laughs> Uh, what do you call? I'm also here with Jake from Grim Garden and Cheryl, Sarah, Sarah's mother, who has come come to uh, join us on this podcast to help us. Uh, what is it? You actually made this the suggestion on the person we're covering today. That is Margaret Sanger. Ma- Margaret Sanger, the basically the the woman that helped create um, Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood uh, that like this is definitely the most interesting. Out of all the the stuff that like, I think the first one I suggested mm-hmm. that was the pirate um, pirate queen, pi- pirate queen, and then this the next one was really good. That the was uh, yeah, that was last week, and then now we've got your mother's suggestion. I think we're gonna go on your father's suggestion next week. You yes. said right, uh, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> uh, what is it? Yeah, this is a pretty like I Sarah put a big uh, outline together today. <laughs> For me, and you did it pretty quick because we're doing this week to week. Yeah. And as you know, everyone knows, like our show just got canceled this week. You know, everyone's show got canceled. Not that we're special or anything. And um, you know, it, it a lot of chaos going on, and we're in the works of trying to make some dues and help some people in some other ways. But we'll get to that later, I guess. Um, you want to go into the thick of it now, I guess. So I'd like to start with some quotes. Okay. Because I feel like it starts it really well. Good. Um, so a guy named Bolding in 1992 said, Sanger's lifelong struggle to, lifelong struggle helped 20th century women gain the right to decide when and whether to have a child, a right that had been suppressed worldwide for at least 5,000 years. And Life magazine declared that Margaret Sanger was one of the 100 most important Americans of the 20th century. I'm surprised I've never heard of her before. I'm like, surprised too. Yeah, I, like... I loved history in high school. I always loved it, and I always remember all that stuff they taught us. And they just did the same stuff every year. They just did, like, American Revolution, Civil War. Um, They did some, I think they did the French-Indian War, and I remember that vaguely. Mm -hmm. But I still don't understand that full situation. Like, how are they having, (laughs) like, I I, I really don't. I don't fully understand, because I know part of it was here. And I'm like, how did that, how were the French fighting, you know, like, there's a bunch of other wars that like people always quote too that I don't I don't know much about the Crusades. The eighteen twelve war. Uh, eight, what is it? Oh, eighteen twelve war. I don't know anything about that now. Is, it's, it's my favorite war. We'll get okay. to that another time. Because <laughs> what is it? Nineteen fourteen before. Um, I know that before September eleventh, nineteen fourteen was the last time we were attacked domestically by a foreign a foreign um party. Because I remember them saying that 15,000 times when I was in high school at when September 11th happened. Like, they just kept repeating it. And I was just like, we haven't been attacked on the mainland. <laughs> except for Hawaii. Oh, yeah, if you, if you don't count Hawaii. On the mainland, that's what I guess they're referring to. Because uh, was Hawaii a, a territory then? Or was it fully a state uh, in the 19... It was 1930s when that happened, right? I think or 19... 1946. 
No, it's no, nineteen forty. Yeah, because the war ended in forty-five, it's right? The twelfth. It's December seventh. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. Don't listen to us. We're horrible historians. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, we're more, we're not historians. We're more like history fans. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's the best way of putting it. Yeah, history fans. Yeah, please don't call us historians. That's offensive to historians. <laughs> um, it's, I would be hugely offended. I met the woman. It's not a woman. There's a, there's a man and there's a woman that helped run the historical society in Asbury Park and then there's a woman that does the Ocean Grove one and I've met all of them and they are crazy smart and I like I like just talking to them for like 30 minutes made me realize that like I haven't met that many smart people <laughs> like I was like oh wow oh okay but they, yeah they were crazy crazy knowledgeable just not even like looking at anything they were just like spitting facts at me um, but I, yeah, let's get into the thick of it, I guess, here. Okay, Margaret Sanger was born September 14th, 1879 in Corning, New York. The six, She was the sixth of 11 children. That relates, I guess, into the the whole fact that, you know, birth control wasn't read, yeah. readily available then. My, fa- my grandfather, who we mentioned before the podcast, who's 99 years old, he's got, he had 10 brothers and sisters. Damn. And my m- grandmother had 11. And I, I, you know, obviously I didn't meet all of them because they passed or whatever throughout my life because they were younger, actually. So, but uh, yeah, that's ridiculous. I have one sister. <laughs> the concept of having more than one of her or like even a brother. No, I'm good. <laughs> um, Sanger's life course was shaped by the poverty of, of her childhood and the death of her mother, age 50 which Sanger understood resulted from the physical toll of 11 preg- pregnancies. I've heard that before, that um, multiple pregnancies lowers your, your lifespan. Mm-hmm. And I've also heard that if you have children later in life, it, it helps expand your lifespan. Because my mother, I think had me when I was like 30, when she was like 32 or something like that, that I guess was old then. That was really old then. Yeah, my mother, yeah, I was. she was 32 and she had me and my sister is six years older than me, so... So she was close to 40 when she had Alexa. Um, that, I, in my mind, seems older, you know, right. for somebody to have a kid. Nowadays, I, I don't know. <laughs> Sanger later became a nurse attending Claverack College and Hudson River Institution in 1896. Claverack? That's definitely the name of it. The more I read, because I said it this morning when I read it, I'm like, that I can't read. You know, like when I when I read it, I was like, I don't know how to pronounce shit. And then after hearing you pronounce it, that's definitely the name. It's a and, stupid name. Yeah. And completing the nursing program at White Plains Hospital in 1902. That year, she married William Sanger, an architect, and moved to Hashington, New York, where the couple had three children. I've definitely heard the Williams uh, Sanger before and I've definitely heard of White Plains Hospital before. I don't know uh, what relevance that has, but I've definitely heard those names before. The Sangers moved to New York City in 1910, where they became involved with various progressive area era activists and intellectuals, including Max Easton, Eastman, Upton Sinclair, and Emma Goldman. Sang- Sanger became a member of the Women's Committee of the New York chapter of the Socialist Party and participated in women's labor protests such as strikes in Lawrence, Massachusetts in 1912 and Paris and New Jersey in 1913. I looked up some of this stuff and some of these people 
they were all activists that like involved in different attributes of either civil rights, uh, women's rights. Some of them did some. I think the Max guy had something to do with atheism. Um, there was a few a few other like weird stuff about like separating religious thought from church and things like that. That I guess that I guess somewhat makes sense. Um, probably a lot of the the thoughts were kind of pushed in that narrative. Um, I couldn't find too much on the protests uh, other than that they happened, you know? Sanger strongly believed that the ability to control family size was crucial to ending the cycle of women's poverty, but it was illegal to distribute birth control information. Illegal? Yeah. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> you should do Anthony Comstock next. Ooh. Oh, evil. Evil. <laughs> because of this man. Okay, I want to know everything I can about that. That sounds. It, what was he a doctor or? No, he just pushed in the eighteen hundreds in eighteen seventy one. The Comstock law came out where you couldn't distribute anything that was. I guess I, I think it was. It didn't even stop to until. Get to. Yeah, it doesn't stop until like the nineteen seventies. Which we're going to get to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, working as a visiting nurse, she frequently frequented the homes of poor immigrants, often with large families and wives whose health was impaired by too many pregnancies, miscarriages, or in desperation, blotched abortions. Often, two immigrant wives who, asked, who would ask her to tell them the, the secret, presuming that educated white women like Sanger knew how to limit family size. Did you read that book we talked about, The Catch Me If You Can? Not yet. You've seen the movie, yeah. obviously. The, the movie is actually really good compared to the book, but they leave out some weird details. Like, just like w little things that I think add to the character, actually. And the one part I do remember them leaving out is the girl that he almost marries, that he's actually ready to settle down with her mm -hmm. when he's a doctor. She ha They mention in the movie that she has an abortion, yeah. but it was like botched in some way. Something went a little wrong and she mentions it to him and like thinks he's going to judge like something about a scar or something like that like they go into more detail in the book mm -hmm. and he's like no i don't care you know like he totally is a good guy about it and like they don't cover that in the book and they don't i mean in the movie and they don't cover the part where in the movie they kind of cover it where he gets arrested as a lawyer at one point like he he i don't know he does something and gets caught and they don't know who he is but they know he's not who he says he is. And one of the guys in the law firm just thinks he's a good guy, likes him. He's like, no, dude, I got you. Dude, this is a mess up. And he just pays his bail and he books, just leaves the country. And he sends him, like a year later, he sends him the money for the bail with a note that says, I fuck banks, I don't fuck people. And I thought that that was like an interesting point that he felt there was a moral difference between taking from like a bank versus a person. It's an interesting aspect because he's so young too, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I want to read it eventually. It's a really good book. I recommend anybody read it. It's a really fun book. Sanger made it her mission to, one, provide women with birth control information, and two, repeal the, the federal Comstock law, which prohibited the dis distribution of obscene materials throughout the mail and regarded birth control information as such. Wow. It's, I can't even... Like, ignorance on a whole nother level where they're like, we're banning it. Let's burn books. <laughs> like, like, like I, I, it's funny to think that it, it's not that long ago. 
It's really not. It's that was a good catch. No one caught that on the podcast. That's why we need video oh re- recording. My God. This girl Second. just tossed her computer off her lap and caught it with one hand. So upset. Yeah, <laughs> two fingers. Yeah, dude, like just nabbed it out of the air like it was nothing, like ninja. Oh man, I wish we recorded that like visually. Oh man. In 1914, Sanger launched her own feminist publication, The Woman Rebel, advocating for birth control. She was charged with violating the Comstock laws and fled to England, though she had friends share a pamphlet she authored on contraceptive techniques in her absence. So this bitch made a zine, all right? (laughs) She made a zine and then handed it out to girls. And women to try to make them understand like how to have it. That's so upset. That must be so frustrating too. Like I know information sometimes where I hear like I was just at the laundromat and everyone's obviously talking about the virus, and you can hear them say ignorant shit. Like they're all like it's blown out of point. I got nothing to worry about. And I'm like, you're old. You could die. <laughs> like, and then in a small part, you're like, say nothing. <laughs> say like let them think whatever they want. But it's just odd how like. That was the level of ignorance that got... We're just dealing with, like, normal levels mm-hmm. of ignorance. I can't even imagine being back in a time where people are, like, denying basic human rights. Yeah, like... Well, it's also women were, like, meant for, to, like, have children. And that's what they're all, all they were used for then. I find this also very interesting. And I don't... This might be controversial, what I'm saying. But, like, women in history, much more baller than every, like... I feel like... When minorities do things or a person of uh, of color does something and they're profound about it or they define that for people, it seems like almost everybody points it out the whole time they're doing it, to, almost to defy them, and it must be harder because of that. Mm-hmm. But with women, one woman gets a pass sometimes. Like, one woman can be crazy and out of control. They're like, oh, her? No, I'm not. Don't you go tell her she can't do it. <laughs> like, like, it happens throughout. Like, they, they, they'll they totally defame the whole gender. But, like, they'll be like, oh, Kara? I'm not going to tell Kara she can't do that. You, like, a, throughout history, like, even with the, the, the uh, what do you call it, the uh, pirate queen. Uh-huh. Like, everyone's just, oh, I'm not going to tell her. Yeah. <laughs> like, I watched this show called Mercy Street and Dorothea Dix was a character on it. And the one guy, I don't really? know if this is true, called her Dragon Dix. So that's a perfect woman. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, we covered her last week. It's just yeah. like, so, so, like, and that's what I mean. Like, people are openly bashing her for being a nurse while mm-hmm. she's helping both sides and stuff. And she's like, mm-hmm, <laughs> the finger and doing whatever she wants. It's so, they... Every woman that's in history that's defining is basically tank girl. And it's the very uh, odd scenario that they that's always their approach. It's just like, I'm just going to do this. Fuck you. I'm doing it better than you. Uh, move on. She returned a year later to stand trial. But when her five-year-old daughter died unexpectedly, public pressure led to the charges against Sanger being dropped. Yeah, it, that was the other thing I saw and everything I looked up. It seemed like people were on her side. Mm-hmm. It didn't seem like she was a disliked character, like somebody that people thought should shut up and get back in the kitchen. <laughs> you know, like that attitude. Because I've heard that, like, with women's suffrage. Mm-hmm. People, like, we live in, we live, I live in Ocean Grove. And in Ocean Grove, you'll see throughout the whole neighborhood, there are very small little houses. They were built during the Women's Suffrage Act because the Methodist Church was highly, like, I always feel like the like Methodists are like super liberal Christians, like that's like the way to define that 
that religion because they always seem to be on a very like liberal point throughout history. Like they were for women's rights in suffrage. They, they still, they, they were very active during, I know Obama's um, campaign and stuff like that. I just find that very interesting. And they have houses throughout the whole neighborhood that were little small houses for one person that were built for one woman that like got kicked out of her home fighting for her rights yeah, to vote. The yeah, they're all throughout the neighborhood and some of them are still kept. Uh, some have been knocked down, obviously. Mm-hmm. We're standing in, this house is the second oldest house in the whole neighborhood. Really? We're 165. Uh, there's another house that's like 170 or 72 or something like that. It was built like mm-hmm. a few years before. Uh, but the neighborhood is only 150 years. So the house was built about 15 years before they established the Methodist neighborhood and stuff. Whatever structure, this was like one of the second or third houses that was built in that like original settlement, you know, and they just took, they kept, they just kept building upon that, that structure. So, yeah. In 1916, she opened the first birth control clinic in Brownsville, Brooklyn. Bowler. Barely a week later, she was arrested and spent 30 days in jail. I love how she's like NJ Weedman of her generation, <laughs> like a butt for birth control. Like he just goes out and like s- tries to sell weed in front of like the state house. And she's like birth control out in like <laughs> 1916. My grandfather was like seven or something. Um, Sanger's arrest go- garnered much media attention and brought her several affluent supporters. She appeared, she appealed her conviction, and although she lost, the courts ruled that physicians could prescribe contraceptives to women for medical reasons. A loophole that allowed Sanger to open a clinic in 1923, staffed by female doctors and social workers, which would later become the Planned Parenthood Federation of America. Wow. That that's the best part yeah. right there. Like the, the fact that it all led to that, and to think that people have this attitude about it as like not a good American attitude. Like I I always I hate that about Republican or that mindset is I feel like they steal patriotism. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like I've had this argument with and I feel this is an argument I have with a lot of punk rockers. They feel like patriotism or having pride and things like that is fascism. Or a form of fascism. And I kind of weirdly disagree. I feel like you should have the same attitude about your neighborhood or town or country that people have about sports teams. Like, I don't hate the Patriots, but fuck the Patriots, right? <laughs> like, you know, like, and you just have this attitude. Like, like I don't actually hate any Philly team as a New York loving, like, liking mm. team. You just, you like your team, you know? And you, yeah, fuck their team. But, you know, like, not really, you know? Like, yeah. And I think that that's a better attitude to have about it. And I feel like that's this is a perfect like American attitude. Like everybody should have these access to these things, and they they steal it by acting like people are gonna like take take what they have for free or something. I don't understand that idea too. Like you don't like free things. It's also the, I also like that it was like all female doctors. That that's more baller. Mm-hmm. The the. She, the fact that she wanted to make people... I think it's more of a comfort factor even, mm-hmm. too. It's like, obviously, you feel... I don't know many women that tell me that they go to a male gynecologist. You know, it's just like... It's more common that they're women because it's more you're more comfortable. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, you know? To think that it was only men at one time is ridiculous. <laughs> you know, like... Absolutely ridiculous. So weird. It's so weird. Why would you even pick that job? Right? <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, like I see myself getting convinced. Like I'm in medical school. I'm like, you know, feet, feet. That's easy. How much could go wrong with your feet? You know, like, <laughs> or something like that. Or like having some mind frame. But what, I mean, I, do they get paid more than regular doctors? Do they, you know, like, because I, I know dentists free. make a lot of money. Like de- and they they don't apparently have to go to as much school. I might be wrong about that, um, but I think they go to a little less school, and it's not as much money for the schooling. But they make more money, like as a dentist. It also has the highest suicide rate, in the, and, and out of any really? per, out of any profession, uh, like just like sole profession, it has the most suicide rate, even above police and stuff. Yeah. Um, oh my god, I screwed up that guy's molars. <laughs> people people hate to see the dentist, so they're always in a bad yeah. mood when they see you. Yeah. They want to avoid you. They cancel on you. Like that attitude is what makes them a lot, makes them very suicidal. Imagine every employee that you had or every customer that came in, like didn't want to see you. That sucks. I would, I would feel a little sad too. Um, Sanger and her husband divorced in 1914. Even divorced in the, in the 1940s. That's baller too. <laughs> and then she remarried. That's even more baller. <laughs> James Noah Slow. An oil tycoon. That's, yeah, there we talk. There's the baller part. I used the word too early. <laughs> in 1922, while continuing her advocacy work, Sanger launched the Birth Control Review in 1917 and founded the American Birth Control Legion in 1921 to gain support from social workers, media professions, and the public for birth control. In 1929, she formed the National Committee on Federal legislation for birth control to lobby Congress for legislation that would permit doctors to prescribe birth control. <laughs> I think it's, it's unfathomable. Like even reading this, it's so unfathomable. I mean, it's, I mean, it's almost a hundred years later. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, thank God, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but to think that somebody was just like, no, you shouldn't tell them that. Like what? They, they can't have this. You know? <laughs> I, it's that abstinence argument, like mm-hmm. for high school, where you're like, "Well, they're gonna, yeah, kids are gonna touch each other," you know, like, <laughs> like we should probably tell them. <laughs> and it and like I rem- I don't know what I I mean we grew I grew up in New Jersey, so I I would consider our state a little more liberal, uh, when it comes to the you know education program and stuff. So I mean, we had a teacher kind of teach us the ins and outs and. I, I felt like we got the full spectrum, but he definitely was super uncomfortable and he definitely sat there and like would say the abstinence thing, like after everything and be like, well, you know, a hundred percent abstinence, you know, just saying this is 95, but nah, not hundred percent. You know, like he would, he would always throw that in there. Uh, I also remember distinctly a girl who had a baby and was pregnant with her second child. And this was my senior year. And we were doing the the normal health class that he has to do every year. And while he was saying that, he was kind of like making a point to a guy, to the guys like, hey, you know, if you decide to sleep with her and, and not use protection, you, if she gets pregnant. It's up to her to decide to keep the baby. It's not up to you. So you got to think about that. You made you got to make your decision here. You know, you could have made your decision to not sleep with her or use protection. That's where you you get to make the decision. Kind of like, I guess he was trying to push over the point to men, like, think, you know, about what you're doing and use protection. And some, this girl jumps up and she was like, actually, he can sign over his rights. Like my first guy, uh, guy did. Th- I'm like, yeah, that, that, yeah, tell everybody. Go right ahead. <laughs> like, we're only in high school. This is not dramatic and 
going to spread it out everywhere, you know, like by the end of the day. I remember she brought her baby to the senior breakfast. I, I distinctly remember her like I remember holding the baby at senior breakfast and being like, I'm holding the baby. <laughs> like I'm in see I'm a senior in high school. I'm holding somebody's baby. Like I was like, this is definitely good. Somebody get pictures you know, <laughs> for the yearbook, you know. But it was, yeah, it was very awkward. She was a uh, I mean I get I hope her all the best. <laughs> Despite resistance from doctors and the Catholic Church throughout her activist career, over time, Sanger's efforts led to the legalization and widespread usage of contraceptives in the United States. In 1936, the courts made it legal for doctors to prescribe birth control. In 1971, the Comstock laws finally ended nearly a century after their passage. That was what your mother was mentioning just a yeah. minute ago, that I... Didn't we? I feel like we could do an episode on that law, like totally. yeah, because it's it's insane to think that there was a law like that. Like, I mean, I understand like some weird laws that were like, oh, humans are assholes, no cloning, you know, like <laughs> yeah, you know, like weird things where like no traveling through time, you know, like we just make the rule where like if you broke it, just in case some asshole yeah. thinks it up, and we can be like, listen, we have grounds to arrest you, <laughs> you know, like. But uh, just so that people don't do crazy things. But that's like a, such a weird, like the fact that they were so abnant to stop mm-hmm. women from educating themselves. He must have been fun at parties, that guy. His poor wife. <laughs> I remember reading. I don't remember what uh, what I read about her, but. I he was married, though? He was married. Wow. It's, they're all, the serial killers, all these people, they, a lot of them, they're married, yeah. bro. They get girls <laughs> like that. It's, you know, who's losers, random shooters, the dudes that go out and like just shoot people or they go out and they just do something random and get caught right away. Always losers. Please they're always losers. Up until that point. Yeah. They're always losers because <laughs> they sit, what they do is they sit around and they're like, ah, and then they freak out and go somewhere and we catch them right away. And we're like, you're a fucking loser. Get in the cage. <laughs> But like it, it's always, like everybody's always like not to say that serial killers aren't losers they're fucking losers on another level but like it can't be defined in the word loser they they're yeah. much bigger they're scumbags like yeah. on the biggest degree you know Sanger's steadfast focus on birth control sometimes had unintentional consequences she spent time with the eugenics movement which sought to really breed an undesirable populations by limiting their ability to procreate through birth control and sterilization she worked with the eugenics mm. wow that's her mm. dark side yeah that's, i was gonna say that's well, a little nazi <laughs> grain of salt grain of salt you know, you know what i think that stuff is like alchemy when you look at like the old times because people are just not educated and like there are a bunch of people that were super smart the guy that uh in, that figured out the um uh, what is a gravity um, theory? He was like super into alchemy, and that's like how people discredit him all the time. Like all the flat earther people, they always say like, "Oh, that guy liked alchemy, and you're gonna believe him." Like, yeah, people are wrong sometimes, bro. <laughs> you know, like they're not right. Like she did all this great stuff. Like she was born in eighteen something. All right, yeah. like she died in what? Not like we didn't even get to that part. But she like. She lived in the 1930s and 40s. Like, it's not that unbelievable that they thought stupid shit, you know? Like, it's just totally. unfortunate because that's kind of the ideology that literally birthed the Nazis. Sanger saw the value of birth control science in preventing birth defects, and although she disagreed with the racial and class focus of the eugenics movement, her association uh, with it tarnished her reputation. So, she even saw the racism in it. 
There's a lot of like articles about that when I was researching her. I mean, it's racism. Yeah. It's 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 reformed racism. It's like it's like when you if you look super into conspiracy theories, they always come down to one thing. It's the Nazis or it's the Jews. They always like no matter what, it always comes back to this like Zion or this Nazi thing. And the Nazi people are crazy, and the Zion <laughs> people are racist. They're racists. <laughs> they're just they're they're anti-Semites. In the 1920s and 1930s, Sanger expanded her efforts in internationally. Sanger retired in 1942 and moved to Tuscan, Arizona. Weird. She remains a passionate advocate for birth control. In the late 1950s, with funding from international harvester, Hyrus Catherine McCormick... Couldn't find much on her. Apparently, she's a, a rich person. That's what I I saw when I looked her name up because I was trying to Google all the names after you said it just came up like yeah real rich. <laughs> like, Sanger recruited researcher Gregory Pincus to develop an oral concept, contraceptive. The pill that yes. I didn't know. Yes, yeah. yeah, she led she led to the development of the pill. That I super I have to point this out that I think that the pill. And nowadays is kind of a weird sexist thing because I think that it's ridiculous that as a guy, I expect a girl to take a pill that could possibly screw up her whole biological system when I could just, you know, use a condom. Like I just doesn't. And I hate, I really hate the attitude that of like people, when people are like, Oh, I don't use condoms. I will immediately attack you. Like I will, like I understand if you're in a committed relationship like where you're you're with one person and stuff like that, but honestly, I feel like unless you're, unless you're unless you're in a committed relationship where she's willing to take birth control and you have a long lasting relationship, or you're willing to have children, just use the protection. You know why? It's not that big of a deal. I mean, I hate to say this, but you can't trust everybody, and, and like. You could be committed to your partner, but your partner might not be committed to you. And that mm. that's also a possibility. And it's always good to have that protection. Because I do know people who have horror stories where they were committed to a partner were not using protection because they thought they were committed and now have a life-changing disease. You know, like that that's it's really just as simple as picking up a five dollar pack of condom. Like it's so ridiculous that I expect you to take a pill that costs a lot of money could possibly screw up your whole biological system. Matter, I knew, I do know there are cases where women use the pill as actually like a way to regulate their their <laughs> system, but like I just think that's really, I think that's really idiotic of men, especially in my generation, to expect a girl to be on the pill. And you can't prevent disease with it. Yeah, and exactly that that, that the biggest point, and that's what we're really trying to prevent. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, obviously we all don't want to bring children into the world that are unwanted but i mean there are those situations are the least terrible in my opinion uh, you know versus getting a, a a disease that you can't change and you could possibly permit into other people you know um yeah that use condoms use protection it's so ridiculous that you would even ask somebody to it's easier for me to do it than it is for her to do it that's i guess my biggest point the pill was approved by the Food and Drug Administration in 1960. Sanger died in 1966 at the age of 86. Awesome. That's awesome. She did so much. She did so much. She lived so long. And she got the fucking pill made six years before she went out. That's hot. That is hot. Um, 
There was a small list. Um, by the end of her life, she had also created the three basic tenets of labor movements, which was workers have the rights to form unions, women have, who work the same jobs as men should get the same pay as men, and all people deserve a decent standard of living. That was a lot of the people we mentioned earlier. That was their biggest points. Mm-hmm. Like, they were big labor union people, too. They were big people for advocates for, like, yeah, for civil rights, for just, like, um, basic basic rights for, hu- you know, human beings. It really was. I, you know, I wish I we had a little more time. Yeah, with all of this stuff. that's We were discussing this earlier today that the time constraint for us is the, the biggest thing. We're trying to dish out an episode. Now we're doing two a week because mm-hmm. we're crazy. Um, and we, I, 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 we've been doing the lighthearted episodes with the these history episodes that are a little shorter but more to the point. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to make them shorter because we don't have all this information. We don't have all the information in the world. So we're just trying to get a simple point that maybe people can learn a little more and then as we get bigger we can go do bigger deep dives mm-hmm. on these characters i mean i, I was gonna say I- i've been learning a lot i just read the case closed uh jfk um assassination book um what is it i i would love to ca- cover jackie onassis like i think that she like just a little bit i know about her is amazing and i think that she would be a good character to cover too um a lot of stuff later on and she's almost kind of a tragic character you know in, in history I feel like you know she was such a victim of you know it's weird to talk about like JFK because JFK is like a great politician but kind of a horrible dude and like she felt the brunt of that and it's weird to feel like their relationship was kind of political and very odd and but also she loved him too like there's a lot to go into it uh, do we have anything else uh, to really cover about this? We want to mention our sources. The main source I want to mention is since she created Planned Parenthood, they actually have a page with like a lot more about her and a lot more that goes into a lot more depth with um, a ton of other stuff. All right. Yeah, I'm going to try and find... The, Planned Parenthood usually has a donation thing mm-hmm. on their thing. Uh, I'm going to try and find that and post it with the link when I post the episode because they always need help. Yeah. And if you want to throw them money, I mean, it's ridiculous what's going on. I know that it was the popular issue last year mm-hmm. when they were trying to ban basically abortion across the country with these ridiculous like loophole laws that I, I, the fact that grown adults, especially men, spend their time trying to stop women from basic human rights is just beyond me, regardless of their, their reasoning behind it. Um, because I don't see, like, I know there's the religious aspect is the biggest reasoning. I, I can't understand that, even as a person that grew up in a very Catholic family, um, that I'm not anymore. But either way, yeah, it hurts the head. They they need help. So I'll post that link with with this episode. And if you have, like, even a dollar, send it to them. You know, they, yeah. I think they even accept Vimeo and all that. I always say that wrong. It's Vimeo. V- Vimo. Venmo. 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 I don't know why I can't say it right, dude. I'm like an old Vimeo man. Vimeo three times. I'm like an old man that's just, like, decided the lyrics are this. And, like, what, like you keep correcting me. And I'm like, nah, nah. It it's sounds better. It's uh, not Vim. See, I'm old. Vimeo's on YouTube. Vimeo's whatever it is. I don't trust it stuff. <laughs> okay, I use it. It's it's actually quite works. convenient. I pay my rent with it. <laughs> yeah, it's actually quite convenient. Uh, do we have anything else we want to add before we? Uh... I mean, I also use womenshistory.org. 
Okay. Which I feel like is a good website for anything. All right. Yeah. I mean, I just want to mention all our, so we, we always use Wikipedia that I think that's like one of the first things I look up. I didn't use it on this one. Yeah. This was one of the few that didn't get (laughs) Wikipedia treatment. And the last one. Oh, Wikipedia is actually really, really good for a lot of sources. People don't realize that a lot of the people that curate it are like pretty professional and they actually do it in their free time. I think that's kind of sweet, nice and stuff. Um, yeah, guys, uh, thank you uh, for listening again. We'll have another uh, history episode for you. I'm trying to think if we have any other updates. Obviously, our show got canceled. I don't uh, think we do right now. No. Um, yeah, I don't really have any other updates. I mean, I'm trying. I'm With this whole outbreak, please, if you can buy merch, if you can donate to bands in any way, a lot of them have band camps where you can do that directly. We are looking into the process of turning our show into a live session and several other shows into a live session. Our good friend Chaz, who uh, is part of uh, Tiki Torture, I think that's the name of them. I always say it wrong. Uh, And Jaws, he's the singer of Jaws now. Um, He's doing a live session next Saturday. We'll help promote that and tune in for that. Uh, I've heard uh, Clubhouse is doing some live sessions. We might be involved in some of that stuff. Uh, I am definitely going to reach out to some other people. I've been getting a lot of great offers on spaces. It's just a really a matter of how we're going to execute the the stream. We'd like to do it, obviously, through like Instagram and Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. I could have like my laptop or my phone and do it. I'm just a little worried about the sound quality. Um, yeah. and the, and the picture quality and stuff Then I have to switch to iPhone because of this, because of this show, uh, because of the picture quality. Yeah. It's the, it, 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 we're all in troubling times. Uh, <laughs> I have to join a cult basically to, uh, to Welcome keep the, to the cult. No, it, it's, it's drastically better camera. Yes. That's literally the main reason. And most apps like social media work be- well with, uh, Apple. That is the main reason I'm switching. Um, but anyway, yeah, not a lot of updates on the Awful Waffle. Just, uh, what is it, we're going to be releasing. You know, because of this whole outbreak thing, it might take a little longer for me to release the actual ticket sales. Uh, but I'm going to release the lineup probably maybe later this week or next week at the latest. I'll be giving you the full lineup. Um, I can tell you that Kill Lincoln's playing. Um, so Kill Lincoln is going to play Awful Waffle. Uh, I'll tell you the rest later. Um yeah, lot of lot of really fun stuff. Uh, Bad time is like especially helping me with this project, and a lot of other people. But uh, yeah, I guess that's where we'll wrap it up. Uh, you you don't have anything to add, Sarah, right, no. or anyone else? No. All right, thank you again for joining us. Welcome. Yeah, I appreciate uh, always. I'm just waiting for my computer to load the song. Um, you know, we can just continue talking during that. <laughs> one of these days, one of these days, I'll be more professional. I swear. Happy Women's History Month. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Women's History Month. We're going to get it. We'll get it. You know, one of these days when, uh, it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> I do this whole show with my phone. Bye, guys.